if there's one thing that the last few weeks have taught me is that I don't know shit about a lot of things. And I've fucked up a lot of times. Um, And I just want to apologize to anyone who's listening and kind of just put out there, not as a virtue signal, this is about me and personal growth, is that I'm learning to listen a lot, even though, yes, we're two white guys who do a podcast, which is the most cliched thing ever. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think that we both are making an effort to learn about things we don't understand and maybe keep our mouths shut just a little bit longer than we're typically known for. But, you know, we're going to mess up, but I think we're going to continue to share. At least I'm going to continue to share my thoughts and, and allow people to tell me if I'm messing up. I mean, I've, I've, I've done it a million times. I'm not flawless. So just wanted to say that and say thanks for listening. And I don't know. Got anything else? Well, I got to follow that, Bob. Uh, thanks. Uh, so uh, I would like everyone, I, I apologize. I apologize for Bob too. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Fair. So I, now that I have the microphone and uh, I do a lot of talking, it's kind of like weird, you know, how do you talk less, but do a podcast? It'd be really weird to have just like silence. So what I actually like about our podcast is the fact that we're pretty darn honest and this is long form, you know, we can kind of talk through nuance and whatnot. We can admit to be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. In fact, what is the recurring theme of the show? We solve nothing. We solve nothing. nothing. And today's probably one of those uh, examples. Again, we just kind of point and go, yeah, 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 it's wrong. Uh, Facebook's a cesspool. We did solve that. Yeah, I think that's a given. Um, You know, I, I would like, I would like to think that I am a perfect human being and I make all the right decisions. I totally don't. And I've committed to uh, concepts more lately. I've, I've gone the opposite direction of Zuckerberg. I'm going in the opposite of billionaire direction financially. And, <laughs> um, and I've been committing to like, no, this is, this is what I believe. And sorry. And because I, I don't want to sell to both sides. I, I just like, uh, sorry, I don't, I don't believe that. I believe this. And a lot of times I do keep my mouth shut, um, in certain social situations because I'm outnumbered and I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> so let's just be honest, you know? So, um, one day, you know, I, you know, would like to be a little more vocal, to some groups, uh, and I'm talking like holiday parties and stuff like that. Like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to not comment on that comment that they're commenting about over there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, stuff like that. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin show with Bob Beatty bar and Kevin Gishewski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hi, Bob. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. I hit the button. God, that's so weird. (laughs) Hi, Kevin. Hi, Bob. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm actually doing all right. I, I uh, got new internet, so that's I helpful. heard yeah. it was all over the social medias. Well, no, sort of. Um, I did post a picture 
kind of, of what we're doing, and I want to try to paint a quick picture. So I, I live in rural America. Our little town's 8,000. I think our county's 33,000. And um, we have cable infrastructure. We have some fiber infrastructure, but not where I live because there's a railroad. We're across the railroad, yada, yada, yada. We've heard this song and dance before. So we have this giant radio tower in town that eventually terminates to fiber, but I have this small little forest in the way. Uh, also, it's on my land. So, uh, oh, plant- you have a forest on your land? I know. Oh. I, I'm totally talking it up. It's, <laughs> it's called a grove of trees. <laughs> um, so, uh, I could knock down a bunch of trees and possibly hit the tower with a uh, line of sight system, but I could also knock down a bunch of trees and go, huh, there's still more trees there in a way. <laughs> Dang there's it. thousands of dollars gone already. Right. Um, so, then I had a, an epiphany. I'm like staring out my window, kitchen window, into a farm field and go, huh, that's my father-in-law's barn. And if I live there, I could have great internet because there's an unimpeded look to the tower from there. And then I went, what if I put my antenna on the barn, which is powered, and then put a second line of sight system from the barn to the house, which I have a clear look from. So it's basically I'm making a right angle. So to the barn and then make a 90 degree turn to the tower. So I have questions already. Yes. Does a hop introduce challenges? Yes. So obviously there's latency, but it's, uh, if you, if you, it's all ubiquity stuff. If you're familiar with the ubiquity gear. So it's very nice prosumer, if not professional gear, it's, it's very nice. Um, so it's got like, you know, how many decibels the signal is, you know, what's your bit rate. It's got a really fancy router. It also tells you the latency. Right now it's showing zero, but and which that see, cannot be true. Right. It's got to be something. Right. So it's going 0.4 miles. So from my house to the barn is, is a little under a half a mile. And boy, it's lickety split right now. Now we have had some issues with live streaming. So Jackson, my boy wants to live stream and he does, but we've been losing some packets. So after this, I'm actually going to go out with him and we're going to try to align the antennas a little better because the way, you know, energy works is it's polarized and you have to have it in perfect, near perfect alignment. Otherwise you could introduce errors. And how do you get it in perfect alignment? Um, if only Ubiquity had these apps that told you if you were or weren't in alignment and told you what to do. Oh, wait, they do. So, oh, yes. okay. That was my question. <laughs> they don't, but they do. But they do. So, um, you yeah, know, we're just going to try that um, because we're doing this at our church uh, at my brother-in-law's. Um, he's, he's doing the same thing. He's extending his network across the street to the church that doesn't have the look angle on this tower. And it's solid for live streaming. So there's there's a gremlin somewhere in my system that we're going to figure out. But so far, so good. Uh, Bob can see me, hopefully unimpeded very nicely. You look very crisp, Bob. Um, well, the big test will be is if I don't lose your audio to garbledness, which is traditional. It is. During the recording of the Bob and Kevin show. But we hooked this up last week, last Thursday. So it's been just under a week and I've had great experiences with all my remote Slack slash Microsoft Teams calls. So no issues there. Uh, People are like, wow, Kevin, that's what you sound like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So wait, did you set it up initially without using the apps for alignment? Like you literally just pointed it? 
Yes, because so if we take a trip on the Wayback Machine, Kevin, me in the third person, uh, did all this stuff for the military. So I did satellite communications. I did line of sight systems. I did routers. I did switches. This is like what I did for six years for the U.S. military. And so a lot of this was just like, wow, cool. And so I think just there's been a, a bit of a consumer market that happened in the last 10 years that I didn't pay attention to. And yeah. Um, well, because you didn't need to prior to now. Yeah. And I told Jackson, I'm like, well, we're going to get it close and we're going to use Kentucky windage to get it closer. Basically, you know, oh, we're, we're off a little bit. Move it up and left. Oh, we're better now. You know, so we're going to do a little bit of alignment. So right now it was just the first uh, whatnot. And you get a decibel reading and you, you get an idea of how much power uh, the signal is between the two. And you, you can tell it to automatically adjust all those sorts of fun things. So we're going to tweak it and we're going to, we're going to see if we can uh, make our upstream even more reliable. What, what we're seeing is we're seeing packet errors and UDP, which is fire and forget. So TCP, you know, when there's an issue, you know, we can ask for, Hey, can you send me these three packets again with UDP? Not so much, but what gets me is this phone call is very good with you. All the team meetings has been great. So it's just OBS being a son of a gun for whatever reason, on two different machines it's, it's, we were tr- doing our isolation our troubleshooting so anyway good internet right now so d- does distance factor into the equation too like is there a, a line of sight distance hurdle as well yeah in fact um so the antennas that i have go up to 15 kilometers um so if you had you know a line of sight but what happens um eventually 12 miles is pretty good Jeez. unless unless you're a flat earther bob what eventually happens <laughs> the earth curves yes and we had this trouble in uh when i was in iraq and so we shot from city a to city b but the problem is is we went far enough where where you know if each tower is standing straight up but if you were able to kind of go into god mode they actually tilt backwards from each other and the engineers have this problem with like the golden gate bridge and whatnot you know eventually yeah yes they go up but if you were to take a step back they're actually tilting away from each other so those are the sorts of things that happen but when you're 0.4 miles away that's not a problem that's great wow what is that's a pretty that's an impressive solution i'm not gonna lie it is, and I would have never thought of it unless the pandemic happened. Even though we did this in Iraq, I would have never just gotten myself in the mindset because there's a lot of negative uh, thoughts. People are like, oh, line of sight. That's like satellites really slow, right? Or it's very latent, right? Well, satellite internet's only latent because you're coming 22,000 freaking miles up and then another 22,500 miles back. So I'm going 0.4 miles. You know, it's not not a problem. But there's weather going, and stuff like that. To are you going point four miles to the barn, or is that your total trip to the big tower that's fiber fed? Ah, good question. So leg, there's two legs. Leg one from my house to the barn is point four miles. Okay. And then leg two is about one mile to the tower. So that's still not bad. One way, it's a, let's just call it a mile and a half. It's a three mile round trip. So. When I'm talking to you, Bob, here, it, and then you, you know, you say something back to me, three miles of travel just to the tower have occurred. But then again, think about, well, from Light's that tower, fast, though. it is <laughs> from that tower. It's got to go all the way then from Indiana to Boulder, Colorado. So, you know, Ish. there's 
well, whatever. I'm sure it goes all over the place between here and there. It's zigzagging. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So even longer. Yeah, let's agree that it's not as the crow flies, as they say, right? Right. It might be going to California, then back my way. It's definitely going to the uh, NSA um, Patriot Act. Ooh, foreshadowing. Uh, so <laughs> um, anyway. Um, you listening. Yes. So that is kind of the exciting news at the Gishesky household. Um, we've got compound a, compound as I, as I like to call it. it well, this is my forever home. Um, we are, we are just adding on building our castle. Um, wait, you have plans to add on already? No. Well, I'm going to, oh. I want to build a barn like, you know, that put all my shit in there, you know, cause right now it's in my garage. You know, if you come over and visit right now, you're like, Oh my God, how's this guy getting cars in here? The short answer is I don't. <laughs> How many car garages did you end up building? Uh, it's, it's just a standard suburban two stall, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of high rollers get the three or three plus, uh, around here. You know, I'm not a car person. In fact, I'm looking to always downgrade my car. I, I drive a little Ford focus and I would like to get an electric vehicle next. And if I, if in a perfect world, I would have no vehicles, but that requires kind of like living in an urban environment. So yeah. Walkability score by use, probably not that great. Yeah, rural Indiana, every 16-year-old is like, I got to get a car. I got to get out of this place. So, Well, yeah, you can't go anywhere without one. I just would have pegged you for a guy that went for the deeper garage. So like the workshop in the front of the garage. Um, It's got some bump back. outs. It's, I, mean, I mean, I do have a, you know, I'm a woodworker, at least a, a wannabe one. And so I've got stuff in there, but no, nothing like that. I, I've always intended on eventually building a barn which uh, my wife probably will want me to put a bed bathroom and just call it the apartment you know just like hey you don't need to come back if you don't want to so um you know we'll see i'm gonna head over to the east building yes uh, exactly she'd be like oh well i eventually you know maybe we should build a mother-in-law suite you know and then it's really you know she just wants me like it's the doghouse actually you know she, you don't have to get a cpap machine kevin you can just go sleep across the street <laughs> <laughs> oh we, anyway. we must be getting old we're talking about cpaps and shared bedrooms or not uh, well i i think we are old i mean i mean literally age well, this four- part of we is definitely old <laughs> what well, it didn't occur to me when I was pre 40 until I was after post 40 over the hill, you know, that term. And you don't hear that very much anymore. I'm like, what does over the hill mean? Oh, it means I'm on the downward spiral. This sucks. <laughs> oh. Downward slide to the big dirt nap. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on the back side. I'm on the back nine if I were a golfer, I guess. But uh, yeah, we are old, Bob. There is no we are getting old. We are uh. old. By definition, and I'm just embracing it at this point. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm old. I'm Screw not. You. I'm going to keep pretending I'm a kid. Um, well, I, so, I definitely dress and act like one, but, <laughs> you know. Yes. I'm, gonna, I'm seriously investigating upgrading my T-shirt collection, recycling out all the old ones. Yeah. So we'll see. Is that a anyway. midlife crisis-like uh, yeah. thing? T-shirts? No, for it some It doesn't reason. rate very high, Bob. You know, you know, it's not like a car or a plane or anything. No, part of my midlife crisis, though, is we got a rooftop tent, so we could that could be a conversation for another day. What's a rooftop tent? It's a tent that goes on top of your car. What kind of car? Like a luggage carrier kind of? 
Like yeah, no, we yeah. have a we have a Subaru Outback because you know we had to get one when we moved to Colorado. Um, right. Well, they issue those to you. Yes. Yeah. It's part of your entrance fee. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's called a roof nest. It is a hard top, and it is piston driven. And so you just unhook some latches and you push up one side and then you unhook the latches and push up the other side and it self-inflates. Not wow. really inflates, but it goes up and it sleeps too and it comes with a mattress and yeah. and a ladder. We're off to the races. <laughs> that is so, so you. And I'm so happy that you got something <laughs> cool like that. And I'm a little bit jealous, but... Hmm. It's our Bears. tiny home alternative. Well, that's why, we got a, that's why we got a rooftop because of... Okay. bears so hmm. they'll just take longer to climb up the little i was gonna say bears can still climb right <laughs> <laughs> you know? okay i'm just putting it out there yeah it's it's a harder shell i don't know we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it i guess but all right bob let's just do why are we different. here today kevin yeah. why are um, we here well i think we're gonna start with we're it's gonna be a potpourri of topics i believe today and ish yeah. I think there's a, a general focus, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let, let's start. We kind of both had some topics here. So can we start with yours? The Facebook letter from from Mr. Zuckerberg? Is that mine? Yes, that is okay. yours. Yeah. So, you know, given the times that we're in and coming into an election year and all the fun that comes with that, and then given that we're kind of still in this pandemic thing, although some think we're done um and also with some of the reminders that we still live in a an era of systemic racism throughout the good old us of a uh facebook has once again come under some heat based on all three of those things and uh i think mark felt the need to send a note to his employees and i would like to kind of go through that note kind of most point by point and and see what bob and kevin think about this little communication <laughs> yeah uh real quick I, I feel like mark's letter here so it's in response to uh employee revolt right or is this the response to employee revolt is this the response to we're not going to suppress trump or is it both this was the in-between so okay there was some heat he felt like he needed to make a statement then Trump dialed up his bad behavior. They continued <laughs> to stand by their initial, or Mark stood by his initial stance. Um, things went even crazier in the good old world than they were prior to the revolt. And some employees decided that they were going to leave based on Mark's response and Mark's behavior to the outside influences that were going on in and around the world. All right, I won't keep sidetracking you here. So no, let, no, let, that's let's fine. do it. Let's um, let's get into this. So I think a lot of this did come out after um, the the new racial tension, the continuing racial tension, because his opening sentence, uh, as we continue to process this difficult moment, I want to acknowledge the real pain expressed by members of our community. So he kind of goes into that. Um, and the was this that, in was this in direct response to uh, the? the looting and the start shooting tweet was this the one 
this was all part of that collapse. Okay. Yeah. When he the says, looting starts, the, the shooting so starts. Shooting. And, yeah. Oh, man. God. He says he also wants to acknowledge the decision I made last week that has left many angry, disappointed, and hurt. So I'm especially grateful that despite your heartfelt disagreement, you remain focused on taking positive steps to move forward. Well, then people started quitting. Um, can't be easy. Just want you to know I'm grateful. Talks about the platform and its responsibility of playing a positive role and helping to heal the divisions ooh, in our society. Ooh. Let me stop yeah. you there. He chose the word platform. Yes. Because the debate has been platform versus publisher. Section oh. 230, you know, Trump executive order. I'm going to have my cronies look into blah, 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 blah. Right. So you think Mark chose the word platform right there purposefully? He is, he is coached practiced and very efficient on making sure that he uses the word platform. It's, it's very, in my opinion, very intentional. So is um, this a, does this signal a divergence between Facebook and say Twitter and YouTube because Facebook's going, Oh fuck. Yeah. We're a platform. We're a platform. Don't censor. Don't censor. Because if we censor, that's a bullet point for we're a publisher. Shit, 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 shit. Don't do that. Cause then we're open, open to the section two thirty thing. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting that that we choose the word we 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 choose the word censor um, because some people will say what Twitter's been doing with labeling tweets is censoring, which can be debated. So, yeah, I just think there's a lot of muck going on, and you and I have talked about this before. How something needs to happen to figure out if we're going to just let this be the wild wild west or continue to be or require some kind of moderation some kind of management some kind of regulation and honestly you know some of the things that happened with dear leader and twitter almost forced a hand to have the government step in and but as we've learned since then it's a little bit more complex than the government just starting to make up rules about shit they know nothing about yeah i, I just want to kind of put up my current position like so twitter is a private entity in my humble opinion they're allowed to do whatever they want they want to tag things they want to delete tweets they want to ban people they can however i think the ftc has been asleep at the wheel by allowing big tech companies to vacuum up every little startup because you know the, the kind of startups that we exist to be bought one day type startups well yeah and like their business plan is to be purchased yeah right and i've worked for one of those before and it was kind of it was kind of gross um so i think the ftc has fallen asleep at the wheel because now what do we have is monopolies so i think you can do whatever you want on your private platform it works great when you're not a monopolistic sort of society so, all right, I digress. Right. No, it's actually not a digression at all. It's actually some another, again, important distinction. We use the word censor, and now we're talking about, you know, yes, I think it's pretty easy to say that these are monopolistic, you know, giant entities. But, and yes, they can do whatever they want, but I don't know if that's actually still the crux of it all. As you said, the FCC asleep at the wheel I don't think anyone ever really envisioned that there would be billions of people participating in an online arena where free speech would bleed into 
influence, misinformation, disinformation, spanning all the way to the top of the most powerful leader in the free world. I would I think give you that's exhibit. where it gets a little sketchy. I would give you exhibit A. It's called the book 1984, which similar, definitely not the same. But yeah, I mean, let's let's take the way back machine to 1980 or 90 something where we were just happy to have a 486 computer that played solitaire. You know, it's like, ooh, this is Windows 3.1 or whatever. We had no idea because we just weren't a connected society at this point. You know, we weren't the hive. We weren't the collective. So, yeah, if if you're at home going, oh, I totally saw this coming. I guess you're smarter than me because I, I totally <laughs> didn't see this is how reality would end up in 2020. Yeah. And I think that collectively as a society, our egos get in the way where most of us will watch, you know, artists, movie writers, book writers, you know, pick a medium. They've been not just predicting or estimating, but like almost to the minute detail, many, you know, go back to the book 1984 or pick any other piece of art, you know, for as long as we can remember, they've been hitting this nail almost directly on the head. Black as a soci- Yeah. As a society, we say, no, that's just fiction. That's not fact. That's Truth fiction. is always stranger than fiction, Bob. <laughs> But we keep getting bit in the ass by it. So early on in this note, he actually references how and while we and while we will continue to stand for giving everyone a voice and erring on the side of free expression in these difficult decisions, even when it's speech we strongly and viscerally disagree with, I'm committing to making sure that we also vote for voter engagement and racial justice too. So I think he's just really trying to have his cake and eat it too with that sense. And I think, I think his people saw through this pretty quickly. This is, um, yeah, you're exactly right. It's talking up both sides around. I mean, there's many metaphors for this. It's uh, actually as a whole, if if you know, read this whole thing, I just come away with it going, this is just like a politician or coach speak. You said a lot, but it doesn't mean a damn thing. Oh, and wait, it gets better. <laughs> next <laughs> next paragraph. Many of you have asked for what concrete steps. That's the kiss of death. This is what always happens. People in positions not of power ask for concrete definitions. And oh, then shit. the people in the places <laughs> of power tell you they're going to give you concrete steps. And then they dish out spoonfuls of mud for the next seven paragraphs. Vagueness. Here, would you like some more vagueness? There you go. Oh, well, that here. Oh, you tired of vagueness? Here's something that's abstract. (laughs) It's like, uh, yeah, I don't understand why leaders constantly address concrete. And you see it in any televised debate or listen to it in any like broadcast debate. Um, Moderator will ask a very specific question the recipient of the question or the respondent will say, I am going to address the exact nature of your query. And that's the last you hear about that query. Everything else is just pre-canned, squishy, 
and not addressing anything concrete. The presidential debates are like the the clinic on this. Hey, what? How do you feel about raising taxes? <laughs> um, well, women's rights very important to me. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, that's great, <laughs> but it's not the question. <laughs> so he starts the paragraph with concrete. He ends the paragraph with, I want to be clear that while we're looking at all of these areas, we may not come up with changes we want to make in all of them. So he begins with concrete and he's already backpedaling two sentences later. Well, I, 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 back to his cake and eat it too. Let's, um, you know, we've talked about ad nauseum. What is truth in 2020 or in the, in the social media era? And I made a comment on Twitter the other day. It's like, well, it's kind of like dependency injection for programmers. It's like you got to inject your politics module into this little factoid that's floating around. And that's how we decide whether or not it's a red or a blue or true or false. And truth, I don't, I don't even know what truth is anymore, man. It's just like people are no so good. That's the problem. Because we've gotten so good at spinning something or you know, it's it's like, OK, here's the playbook. You said this. The playbook says I say that. And when I say this, your rebuttal will be this and whatnot. And we'll just talk past each other. We will we will say, oh, you didn't research the thing. You know, then we'll say, oh, well, it's confirmation bias. And we'll say, oh, well, you're virtue signaling. And, you know, it's just like this, like <laughs> and spirals then, out of control. And then put that in an echo chamber and wrap it in a bubble. And it's yes. just it's just amplified grossness so anyway, so if, if i'm ahead. a psychologist though this is like the this is like the new psychology right this is like how humans and and social and sociology this is how humans are evolving you know and on those two fronts and social media is the petri dish of that so i hope somebody's paying attention but i i honestly would like to know if there's a treatment for humanity at this point. <laughs> I'm afraid that we're still in the 100% observation state though. Like there's people watching, but like there's not, there should be enough data, but apparently there's not enough data to offer a fix. Or if the fix is shut shit down like Facebook and Twitter, that they're too powerful. Well, it's already I, too late. I just want to ask you a, a non-binding question. Was life better before social media yes or no mr senator wow wow one one word answer was life better oh fuck um i can't i can't answer that question all right life is uh, life i'll is accept different. that the reason i'll accept that answer is because that's my answer too i don't know <laughs> i don't know yeah because i mean i think Bad comes with the most good things. Ah, let me ask you the next. Phil okay, now we've gone from psychology to sociology. Let's go to or philosophy real quick. <laughs> Bob, can you know evil without good? And can you know good without evil? Oh, I would love to not have to know evil at all. Um, but, but with no frame of reference, would you know what good is? Yeah, I think I think pain is an element. Ah, pain is sometimes associated with good too. Uh 
why are you asking all these hard questions today? Well, this is not on the show notes. Well, I'll, I'll commit. I'll commit. Uh, I think yeah, you cannot you know answer. good. You cannot know good without evil and you cannot know evil without good because you need a frame of reference. Imagine um, you're in outer space and you take away the stars and you, you somehow could breathe and you're not going to die immediately. <laughs> um, this is a classic mind or a thought experiment. You take away the stars, you take away all the light. You're in a complete vacuum, black, everything. How would you know which way's up? Oh, which way's you totally down? wouldn't. Right. Cause you have no frame of reference. Right. So my, my thinking on social media and, and the gen- general, you know, left versus right. And all this is people, humanity, I think reaches for a binary, putting everything in binary compartments, good, evil, up, down, left, right. And if we only, I mean, let's, let's go down even a deeper rabbit hole. What if we only had one political party, Bob, would all of our problems go away as for humanity? No, no. What would we do? That one political party would break into two more. Oh, yeah. And you still have individuals that make those things up. So right. each person's so, not going to be the same. Because what always gets me is like, and I won't make this um, bound to a particular party, but let's say my political party hates the other political party. If we just didn't have those other political party people. Okay. Let's say we could snap our fingers like from Avengers, Thanos, and they all go away. The problems don't go away at all. Right. So, so, and then clearly because we have two, like a left and a right, clearly if you're so into whatever your ideology is, clearly there's people that don't believe that. So how right and how sure can you be about X, Y, Z when there is about 50% opposition to whatever it is you're trying to do? So I, I, so to bring it back to Facebook real quick. <laughs> wow, that was a long arc here. <laughs> so to bring it back to Facebook, I think Facebook is trying to do the impossible, which is be an arbiter of humanity. So they're on one hand, they're like, what we're not. Are they? Well, hold on. Yeah, I know it's getting muddy here. Mark would appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> so on one hand, um, they're like, we're not going to censor anything. But then on a later paragraph, like, but we hear you and we are going to uh, respect civil rights, Black Lives Matter, the whole nine yards. That second part can't reconcile with the first part. You can't right. have you can't be for a cause and be for anarchy, if you will, because that's what in, in a way free speech is, you know, unbounded free speech is anarchy. You can say whatever you want, no matter what. Our our president wants no leash. He wants full control. He wants anarchy when it comes to speech. And let me tell you, he creates a lot of it. <laughs> so, so well, anyway, I, I keep hearing the phrase used all the time is like, you are free to wave your hands around as much as you want until one of your limbs makes contact with another person. So basically you can wave your hands around wildly until you hit someone else in the face. And I think that where Facebook and Twitter, any other platforms I think are struggling is how do you define what the penalty is for hitting someone else in the face? And how do you detect, detect a collision has occurred? Because, because right. now we get into the nuance of, well, you hit me, but lightly you hit me about how hard <laughs> What's the, you know, Hmm. 
subjectiveness. So, yeah. Yes. And point number one in his his kind of his little I don't know letter manifesto whatever you want to call it kind of gives you an indication of where this started to come from. Uh, reviewing the policies allowing the discussion and threats of state use of force Jeez. to see if there are any minutes. So this is in direct relation to Trump basically you know looting and the shooting for sure. And, you know, the events that happened in the the lawn, you know, where they gassed those protesters so he could walk across the street for a photo op. Um, so, and it's funny that, you know, his number one thing, it's really the the tipping point is the the most powerful man in the free world challenging how this platform gets to work. Um, it just, it's mind blowing to me. What's also mind blowing is during my entire lifetime, whenever you hear a sentence like excessive use of uh, police or state force, uh, civil unrest or violent conflicts, because I didn't grow up during the 60s and whatnot, I always think of this happens in a country not named America. So what's really weird to go, wait, this could apply to us. And, you know, I saw a couple of fun interesting tweets how the uk government you know somebody would retweet hey remember this time you condemned iran for you know whatever and you supported their protesters against their government or when another country did this or another country did that hey why don't you do that for america because apparently we have a tyrant here and there's an uprising oh you're kind of quiet governments of (laughs) of ally countries yeah exactly anyway so so we've got the president who's threatening military action against its own citizens. And that's making Facebook question some things. Interesting. Number two, they go, he goes into the voter suppression and, you know, this gets into the misinformation and disinformation where the bot farms will fire up and get people to start retweeting, reposting things about, you know, what's going on in a specific voter location, you know, those kind of things. And we're heading into this election season and we're still debating on whether Facebook is going to allow politicians to tell lies in their advertising. (laughs) So one of the things he says in bullet point two, by the way, there's seven bullet points. Uh, just yes. play along. I'm going to try home. to pick up speed as we go here. <laughs> if a news, he says, and I quote, if a newspaper publishes articles claiming that going to the polls will be dangerous given COVID, how should we determine whether that is a health information or voter suppression? So this comes back to our last podcast where fence riders own no property. And we'll talk about it more because we're going to talk about GitHub here uh, later. Um, at some point, you've got to decide because. You can't just float and try to keep everyone happy. At some point, as a platform, as Mark Zuckerberg, leader of Facebook, you've got to say, this is what I stand for and this is what I don't. Because what I think he's trying to do is try to sell guns to both sides, if you will, in this war. Hey, uh, well, we got to keep you happy, keep you happy. His guns are what, or uh, Bob, they are, they are. Advertising. Advertising. (laughs) That's his guns. That's his munitions. Yes. And he's trying to sell them to everybody. And he's trying to play this game where, well, I, I, uh, this and I, well, that, and I've got a, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a teeter totter here. Oh, I got to go back to the middle on this here. Keep everyone happy. And I'm actually happy to see that some platforms are like, you know what? 
come hell or high water, this is what we believe. And if um, you you want to leave us as a as a company or product, you know, I, I can't stop you. You know, and and this is just, you know because at the end of the day, Facebook or whatnot is is a nameless face or i guess it has a name it's a faceless entity i guess it has a logo damn my metaphors suck um <laughs> it's not real humans but it's run by humans and every organization sort of embodies or should the culture that is made up by its employees so it really bothers me when facebook's like well we we are going to be this somehow neutral party well, I'm sorry. There are no neutral parties. There just aren't. And when you tell me there are neutral parties, I'm telling you, you're probably selling to both sides. All right, back to well, you. Well, and back to the good, <laughs> back to the good without evil part. It's not just him. Like he's making policies that impact thousands of employees, and there's no way that those thousands of employees are going to be in complete alignment. But thousands no- of employees and billions of users. Yes, but I mean, I think right now he's addressing his employees more than anything else in this letter. But he, there's no, as you read the rest of this letter, there's no room for democracy in what he's saying. He, he basically says in point number three, I know many of you think we should have labeled pres- the president's posts in some way last week. Our current policy is that if content is actually inciting violence, then the right mitigation is to take that content down, not let people continue seeing it behind a flag. There's no exception to this policy for politicians or newsworthiness. I think this policy is principled and reasonable, but I also respect people who think there may be better alternatives. And he wants to hear all those ideas. I think those ideas have already been shared with him and he's already come up with this policy that's principled and reasonable. So Bob, a lot of leaders have town halls. A lot of companies have all hands meetings and they, they take feedback. And a lot of times it's, Hey, we're taking, you know, we want your feedback. But at the end of the day, after you've gotten all the feedback, you've got to make a decision because making no decision is a decision. Yes. And I think, and I think that is again, part of his game of, well, I'm going to give you the impression that your, your voice is being heard. But at the end of the day, we're not going to do a goddamn thing. (laughs) And then he goes in his point number four, talks about that exact point about adding more transparency to the decision-making process. Um, Once again, he kind of throws out some blah, 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 and says that, you know, he's going to listen. And then basically, who knows what's going to, you know, uh, what does he say here? Incorporate all perspectives into those follow-up discussions as well. So he's saying, he's promising follow-up discussions, but possibly not change again you know who we should put a lot of this on to the facebook board i couldn't name one person outside of mark zuckerberg on the facebook board why is that because a company without a board is a dictatorship by design right it's my way of the highway um and when you have a publicly traded company you have a board there's a little tiny bit of democracy slash republic in there because the the board members get to vote and shareholders you know can kind of vote but at the end of the day it's still just a dictatorship for the most part well, especially when you have controlling interest and i think he's been on record saying that he is facebook like he is strongly said that i am the one who's ultimately responsible i am facebook Paraphrase. Which, that's which, not a direct quote. Which, totally true. And that's why he is not on my Christmas card list. 
because <laughs> he, uh, I think, again, he just wants to play both sides, all, all sides. I don't even know how many sides there are. And his job is to increase shareholder value. But my my problem, I, I've said before, I can't be a billionaire because I have a conscience, you know, and if I didn't have a conscience, um, you know, you know, I, I, I guess I could be a, become a billionaire. But let's say I was a billionaire as Kevin, the the non-billionaire, I would be like, you know, I've got a billion dollars. I've got at some point. Is this enough? And the answer would be like, hell yeah, it's enough. Yeah, but a guy like Zuckerberg too. Yeah, a guy like Zuckerberg shows me that that is not what everyone thinks. He's looking at this, going, "No, we need a trillion. We need Trace Comas, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I don't get it because I think the reasonable mind would go, "Hey, somebody is threatening somebody else. They're using our platform to do it." And it's not just like Sally and Fred are fighting or Fred and, and Bob or, or Sally and Jane. It's the president of the United States with an extremely large following who hears everything he says as a freaking dog whistle. This is not just like a trivial spat here. This is like a skirmish of, of the largest proportion that you can possibly have. So by him not doing anything, I feel he's being complicit. And that's just what Kevin, the non-billionaire, thinks. Yep. Totally with you there. In, in points five and six of this, he starts to shift more into the racial diversity and makeup of the company structurally um, for all decisions, not just decisions about the certain groups that those people would potentially represent. Um he says, I'm committed to evaluating the representation of diversity, inclusion, and human rights in our process and management team discussions. I will follow up soon with specific thoughts on how we can structurally improve this. I'm fairly sure that his people have very strong ideas of how they can already structurally improve this, but he's going to come back to them with his ideas on how they can structurally improve so it. So you're telling me the tech sector CEO type has a lot of hubris and will just do whatever they want at the end of the day, Bob. Yeah. If I'm receiving this letter, I mean, I would love, I'm sure that there's post feedback out there somewhere. I would love to hear, but I've also believed that I've heard rumblings of if you, you're speaking out against this stuff, you're going to be asked to leave. Oh Have yeah. Also. Yeah. I, I think I've seen several headlines, Google, Amazon, and uh, Facebook, you know, all the the sticks in the mud, literally, and you know, flowing against the current, they don't work there anymore. And I've seen a few stories where it's like, well, you weren't fired for this, for your standing up, but we found this, you know, it's the old HR. Oh, we found this one minor infraction that we have on everybody, and we're decided to use it on you because you know you made that tweet that one day. Type yeah, thing. exactly. It's like, oh gosh. So number six, I was super intrigued by this because it starts out, we've started a work stream for building products to advance racial justice. I have a problem with large entrepreneurs solutions to everything is a product because a product means a price tag. Now, yeah. the users don't pay it. 
but advertisers will. Somebody will. In racial justice is about people. It's not about products. It it just seems like he's so tone deaf here. And I'm curious what that even looked like. You know, it looks like because Facebook's also the company that I think got in trouble for HUD violations for advertising and targeting, you know, and right. stuff like that. So I'm curious what that looks like. So they've got a long way to go. I'm very intrigued by this, but I'm also very frustrated because it does seem that they're constantly taking the people aspect out of it. I read an article the other day that if you're looking to spread mis and disinformation, Facebook groups is the way to do and, it. And or WhatsApp are the way to do it. What because, WhatsApp? Yeah. Like just a group chat? Yep. Everything about that. Anything oh. where they can any any product, once again, any product where they can isolate groups and influence that creates that's the the pebble in the ocean. You know, I I feel like the best metaphor I have for Facebook is Facebook is the the like the experiment the scientist in the lab coat. All the users are the are the mice running around the mazes and the scientists are introducing stimuli to get the <laughs> mice to do something similar and they turn and look at us and go, "Oh, well, we're doing this for the pe- for the for the mice. We're doing this for the mice." No, you're doing this to for your own sick pleasure. I I really really think that there's something wrong with Mark that he's he's just completely out of touch with like like no empathy or no sort of way to relate with the common person because he's you know been to Harvard and you know, he's always been this like kind of isolated person and now he's a Facebook and now he's a gajillionaire and and he it, it's it's like Trump saying I relate with poor people Okay, you can say that, but I'm not sure anyone buys that. So, I just feel like every communication that this guy should be making should start with, I understand and appreciate that people all over and companies all over are weaponizing our platform, our data, and our services. And I'm at a loss at how we stop it. Humility? What? Yeah. But I mean, that's, I mean, everyone is doing it. Companies are harvesting the data, weaponizing that. People are using the products, the tools that his teams are developing to create division. There's nothing about this platform that brings people together anymore. It's, it's families like, can't even, families can't even be together on this platform anymore because everybody's got a racist Uncle Joe that they have to unfriend. And even the, you know, Outside of race, racist, um, it's like social media lets you find your group. And then once that group, whatever it is, reaches critical mass, it becomes a influence, but not just any influence. It's like a, it's like a bully. It's like we have a bully matchmaking app. Hey, hey, uh, Fred, oh, I see. Uh, oh, the, let me see all your interests. And in oh, okay, it's great. You would be great in this group over here. And this group hates that group. But you know what? They're looking for new members. So why don't you join this group? And then the same thing happens in some opposition group. And then it's like, it's like uh, Facebook and Twitter are meant to glob like-minded people together. And these like-minded people are kind of like a mob. 
and they go around just skirmishing with everybody at all times. And it's like, <laughs> that's what really social media is anymore to me. But they'll say, no, no, it's all about connecting people. We like to connect people. No, no, no. You like to congeal these mobs of people, market to them. And, um, you know, it's like the scientists, well, if the rats fight it out, doesn't matter to us. We get to go home at the end of the day while they just get to stay here and oh. duke it out. Ugh. So slimy. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends the letter with like a, it's just an aside, you know, to the members of our black community. Yes, stand with you. Your lives matter. Black lives matter. And then he once again plugs that, you know, you can send feedback to Maxine, our reader post and give direct feedback on our product integrity and content policy ideas as well. So it's like, you know, maybe he could have closed out with saying, I'm preparing a, a, another very specific message to all my employees about where Facebook stands on the current racial tensions. I mean, yes, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's just, I read this entire thing and I was just like, what a disingenuous piece of shit. <laughs> so I come back to my scientist with the mice. So imagine yes. a scientist figured out a way to put web cameras into this mice boxing ring and <laughs> signed up a bunch of people to watch and then said, you know what? We like our mice. I'm going to donate with all of our revenue from the live streaming to improving the lives of the mice. And it's just like this really weird existence where it's like, wait, you created the mess. Now you're going to yeah. throw money back in and you're going to be like, I'm the white knight here because I'm, I have all this money, but it's dirty money. But don't, don't mind that. Um, I, I am a great person. Well, you're a great person cause you're a slimy person. And now anything you do, how do you, you know, it just, it just gets a little mushy, right? I'm going to help them with, improved products in their maze <laughs> we're going to continue to live stream the craziness of the maze but we're going to it's going to be nicer walls probably more a high resolution feed instead of the standard webcam that we've yeah, been but, using but don't worry the higher resolution means more revenues which means more money to help the mice yeah yeah <laughs> man that's this is getting the, weird the three percent that make it to the make it to the people i mean the mice um so yeah so on the on the back end of this letter, we had the Facebook revolt that we we're going to talk about, but I think it's just pretty straightforward. People weren't happy with the direction and the speed that the company was taking, and I'm sure it's just been a pile-on for years and years and years of frustration with the product. And uh, some developers have been leaving and in other positions as well, and there was a walkout threatened. Did it actually ever happen, though? I don't recall. I don't know. Um, Awful so hard to walk out on a virtual, like, work from home type set, set yeah, situation. Yeah, I, I do recall something did, a, a walkout happened, but um, their, like, HR was instructed to just let them use PTO for, you know, it's kind of like this, we'll support you, but you got to use PTO. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Sorry, uh, one okay. less vacation day for you, but you go ahead and you protest. What if you don't have PTO? Are you, you yeah. know, just asking. Then you get a strike. Um, so I don't know if there's much more to the revolt than than that that I have to say. Do you, do you have any other details? I don't have that? a lot of data on that. I just knew that. And I was actually kind of glad that as a company, 
their voices are starting to get a little louder. It's going to, it's funny. I say it's going to be interesting, but like we're talking the scope of five years going to be interesting. 10 years going to be interesting. I mean, nothing's happening unless, unless we get the alien invasion that's slated for later this summer. I, I think that it will probably simmer down to business as usual at the good old book face. <laughs> I'm still looking forward to the alien invasion because back to my uh, theorem of humans like a binary conflict, if we can at least point our aggression to an off-world species, that would probably be more helpful than this internal combustion. It's funny that you bring that up because I know that you've been saying that for quite a long time now. (laughs) Aliens, Um, where are you at? (laughs) Yeah. Did you, have you watched Arrival? Um, yes. Is that the one with, uh, the ones that are in the ship and they got to go in and they can't speak to them right away? And- right. They try yes. to come up with a common language. So we yes. rewatched that again last night and I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be really good and uplifting because, you know, the people are going to unite to, you know, like do whatever to the aliens. And, uh, it turns out that even in that situation, you're going to have sympathetics that are like, no, we're here to create a better civilization through the aliens. And then there's going to be the people who are like, we got to blow them up. <laughs> <laughs> that would totally happen. <laughs> so yet again, in a situation where you think the world would come together, nah, not so Damn much. It. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Are we, let's we talk f- about GitHub. Okay. All right. So. <clears throat> and GitHub's your baby. So I'll let you. you All right. Roll. So for those not in the know. GitHub decided that they are changing the word master um, as the default or the out of the box branch name, if you will. They did so not because a peaceful mob stopped by and suggested to do it, not because an angry mob stopped by and demanded it. Neither one of those. They just decided, you know what, this is just our thing. And so I'd sent a tweet in support but yeah you know i never really liked that word anyway you know i I use production staging dev and lo and behold i when i turned that rock over i found out a bunch of people were for and against it and i'm like huh really so of course naturally i get you know the support tweets like yeah good idea and then i got has the world lost their fucking mind type tweets and it turned into an interesting discussion. Of course, there's some blowhards that came in and just kind of, you know, and I'm like, okay, that was weird. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then moving on, um, some people are saying, oh yeah, people are pointlessly crying, virtue signaling, you know, blah, blah, blah. They, you know, you're doing, you know, this is blah, 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 virtue signaling. I'm like, huh, well, that's weird. And then you get the other people or more people who are like, well, if you change it in one spot, you've got to change it everywhere. And I'm like, whoa, geez. Wow, what is going on? And then today, uh, Aunt Jemima has decided, or whoever makes Aunt Jemima um, syrup, yes, we're talking breakfast syrup, uh, <laughs> has decided to retire the Aunt Jemima brand. And of course, it turned into, well, so should Mrs. Buttersworth and Uncle Ben. And it turned into all these things. And I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Number, a number of things here. GitHub's a private company and they decided to do this on their own. They weren't coerced. They just decided to do that. And I got myself into a pretty deep discussion on this on Twitter. And somebody said, well, Kevin, 
they shouldn't be changing this just because they should have consulted with the groups affected. I'm like, huh? Who is affected by, I mean, and, and, and I said, who do you call for that? I mean, I mean, Bob, I don't represent the old white guy group because you may like, Hey, no, I do. Or, or whatnot. I mean, you can't call like one 800 some group and be like, Hey, I need an authorization code. Uh, it's going to call each person individually. Hi, uh, Kevin, this is uh, your representation representative from GitHub. Just wanted to know how would you feel if we changed your main branch from the word master to production? How would you feel about that? Well, as far as I know, it's only going forward. They're not even changing, you know, what you currently have. This is like a new, new product. I mean, maybe, maybe they are changing, but my, my point is, is they decided to just do this. And a lot of people are like, oh, this is what's wrong with the world. You know, what, what's next? The word chain, the word chain has to do with slavery. So we can't have blockchain. I'm like, hold on. We're building bridges way too far here. One company decided, Hey, you know what? This is what we decided and what we're going to do. And speaking of a, Speaking of a virtue signal, when people say, what are we going to do? Get rid of the word chain next. I feel like that might be like a, a big red flag <laughs> virtue signal there too. And then, <laughs> then the other argument I kept getting was, is, oh, so if we don't support this, that means I'm racist. I'm like, nobody said that. Let's go back to the headline. The headline is, is GitHub decided to not use the word master for their own reason they've come to their own conclusion it does not mean if you don't support this or whatnot it, you are racist so people have just lost their mind but i think in that direction not the other direction yeah we're so slick cyclical i mean the last time that the world kind of got up in arms about racial tensions the same exact thing started coming up like with hard drives like raid configuration when you master have slave slave. And master yep. yeah and it's just so funny how quickly, especially the tech community, I mean, I, I'm sure it's all communities, but since we're kind of heavily connected to the tech community, it's just so funny how quickly, like we all forget. And this was only a couple years ago when everyone was up in arms about that. Yes. And the funny thing was, is the GitHub thing never came up then. So now it comes up and it's like this brand new concept and it's like, no, words matter. And they're actually pretty easy to change. And just because, but then the flip side of that is just because you change your words doesn't mean you're changing your behavior. So is it just, I mean, it's not an artificial fix, but I just don't understand why people are so resistant to it. It becomes artificial, I think, when people do resist. Well, that's where that injecting your politics or view of the world module comes into play because we can take this one thing and people just can take it both directions that they want to. And somebody also, I think rightly so, mentioned, hey, look, you know what? It, it may or may not have anything to do with slavery, but you know what? Somebody who decided to change it is an easy change. And right. we've what made it that change. To change it? And resisting it is, why resist it? Can't, let's pick the word blue or, or purple or fuchsia instead of master. It's just a, it's just a moniker, right? It's just a, it's just a, a label it's it's you know it's right. nothing more than that help um, me with my help me with my um uh i guess just help me not be less stupid possibly i yes. know that the the founder said that he selected master and origin is there any question is origin also negative i don't know no he just okay. happened to so i, I matt brailsford 
uh, I'm not sure if he listens to the show or not, but he he and I were, we're both, you know, totally fine with GitHub changing this and whether or not it's master as a master copy or master slave or whatever. I don't think it really matters, but Matt did a little bit of uh, research because he kind of got called out for, for being not researching. And so he took that as a chip on his shoulder, I think, and, and did some research. So, uh, yes, yeah, so one, so Linus Torvald is the, is the original creator, but there was a, another person, which the name's eluding me right now. And he's like, you know, he said that, no, I don't think I had that context in mind, but there could be a very good chance because the predecessor to Git, which is called BitKeeper, had Master Slave in it. And he's open to the idea that that could have just, that's exactly what was on his mind, you know, and that, you know, so he's like, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. And there's, you know, several other things. BitKeeper, which is the predecessor, definitely had master slave uh, terminology. But my point is, is it doesn't matter how GitHub came to the conclusion. They made a decision and, and whether or not it's a virtue signaling or not, that's what they want to do. And speaking of virtue signaling, you're right. Um, not that long ago, a year or two, three, time flies. You know, we had the whole whitelist, blacklist. Uh, you know, uh, we had uh, master slave, and then I apparently I'm just living under a rock. But I I discovered my own code. I had a whitelist, you know, thing. I changed it to allow list, and I tweeted it. And of course, I got accused of oh, you're virtue signaling. Like, uh, you know, okay, fine, whatever. You know, uh, but I'm a sure. firm believer that every act doesn't for this is for good or bad to go back to knowing good without evil that kind of thing every act does not have to be a grand gesture to make it worth doing you know there's tons of tiny little bad things that can actually add up to big bad and the same goes for good no one gets hurt by changing these words People yeah. may be hurt by keeping them. Yeah, uh, you're 100% right. I mean, I, I could not change it and be like, ah, well, I'm not racist and I don't need to change it. And that's that's my point I'm trying to make because I can have that where I can we can exist and we can know that that doesn't mean that. Or I could just change it and then I won't have to have the the, the paragraph of context <laughs> that explains it all, right? I'm like, you know, it's probably just better to change it than to sit there and defend it because I don't know who's going to inherit my code one day. I don't know that I don't have innate biases. I grew up as a suburb, suburban white kid, you know, in, in northern Indiana where it's very homogenous and I don't know what I don't know, you know, and so... And this the is world just was telling us if you sit in a place of privilege, you should exercise it. And I think this is one of those tiny things that exercises that, you know, nothing breaks to make that change, you know? Yeah. And, and part of me, maybe, maybe, maybe it's my subconscious wants to virtual signal here. I do want to support these things because I do feel that they can be harmful to folks. And I do want to show my support in some way, even if it's my little piece of the universe way I want to do it. And then I just feel it's really, really bad for somebody to be like, Oh, well, Kevin, that's masters and master copy and you should know better. And we don't have to change that because we're, you know, reasons or I could say, you know what? Yeah, I'm cool with that. And yeah, it makes sense. And, but, but original also works really well. Yeah. I mean, can you know, 
I, I, you know what I hate? I hate the fact that I, I was born in the 1970s and the previous hundred years of my country had a lot of civil rights problems and we still do. We had a civil war. We fought slavery all happened beforehand. And yeah, we fucked up some words and we got some stink on our hands and it's going to be there forever. I'm sorry for it. You know, um, it is what it is. Um, you know, in England, they, they address, uh, young boys as masters, right? Master this. Yeah. Nobody's calling you racist. I'm just saying right there. We don't have to like control H find and replace everything. I'm just saying GitHub changed it. And I'm cool with that. I change whitelist to allow list or permit list. I'm cool with that. That's just me in my own little orbit. I don't feel the need. You know, I'm still laughing that somebody said you should have changed the word master GitHub. That is until they consulted with those who were offended. I'm like, what if nobody's offended? Can they just change it? Can they just change it? They certainly can. Do we have to have offended people before action? Can we just decide, you know what? Um, No, we change. I mean, maybe one day they change it from the word git because in in the UK, apparently the word git is a derogatory term. And if they want to change it, that's fine. But maybe nobody gets offended, but they just want to change it. Can't they do it? Yeah, I think they could. So why can't they? Why? It's, It's like we get outrage points you know that that's one thing social media is missing you know like what's your outrage score <laughs> <laughs> well i'm right now i'm and like when you like max out like the little meter blinks and like you can hit your button and like you can cash in and get, get a gift card or something like yeah Dude, I, I would almost <laughs> bet the farm that in the background on social media analytics at the house you know like inside facebook there's a rage metric Oh my god! How susceptible you are to to get your angst up based on the con. I mean, that's their thing, you know. Outrage gets clicks. Yeah, um, and then there's also the woke thing. I mean, I, you know, I I'm into some things that are woke. I'm not into some things that are woke. It's like you know, some people are outwoking each other. It's like um, uh, somebody had mentioned, you know, like there's a woke scoreboard, you know, and you know where do you rate in here and people love to like you know take each other down and so it's and it, being woke is usually a, a left thing and so there's problems over there and on the right it i saw like representative gets or however you say his name today he was uh battling with somebody in congress today it's a democratic uh congressman said does any republican here want to say black lives matter can you just say it i will yield my time can you just say it and of course representative gets like all lives matter I'm like, yeah, um, yeah. The 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 point here is is we're, you know stay on put. <laughs> you know what I'm doing here, Mister Getz, and you're doing this on purpose. And shame on you. You know that's what I would like to say to him. And it's, and the same thing plays Maybe out on social media. He's not doing it on purpose. Maybe he's doing it just because he's a dumb fuck. Or, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I don't like that guy for a variety of reasons. But I you know won't go there. But social media, I mean, it's just a microcosm of what social media is every day. You know what social media allows us to do? It allows us all to be, in our own way, representative gets because, we, you know, we'll find our cause and we'll we'll cross our arms. And then it's like this two suit, you know, we go to like a baseball game and you, there's people on the sideline in between innings dressed up as sumo wrestlers and they like run into each other. It's like, you know, it's like, Oh look on Twitter, there's two groups and they're like sparring, you know, it's, it's like a daily thing, but it's different groups every day. And you uh, got some stupid minute. hat. 
some stupid hashtag like Trump is, you know, wears adult diapers. I think I saw the other day. And it was trending. I'm like, who does these things? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, this, is, this is good stuff. Man, why do we always have like really heavy topics, though? I just want to ask. <laughs> it's a really heavy world right now. <sighs> well, it's hopefully. A really heavy world. We need to like, I don't know, what would be a non heavy topic? It would be like, bears or puppies or something or Uh, maybe something fun in tech i'd still like to keep tech yeah but like like if it bleeds it leads you know it's like what's the you know it's like we're like the podcast version of that like like, so i'm just trying to think of you know what's i mean you got like hansel minutes and stuff like that he's always positive about everything yeah i i I couldn't do that but (laughs) he also talks about code way more than we do too so yeah yeah Anyway, because I can't do that, Scott. If you ever listen to this, I'll be really surprised. So, yeah. <laughs> but hi, just in case. Yeah. Yes. Meanwhile, hi. all right. So what do we got left, Bob? From the anti-racist, anti-fascist Bob and Kevin show, I think we'd just like to say, see you next time. Bye. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin show? Well, first. You can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>